Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So the five-game series begins in earnest. It's weird because they had a five-game series against Atlanta last year. And if you forgot about that series, let me just remind you this. Let me remind you this. The New York Mets played the Atlanta Braves in a five-game series right before the trade deadline. It was July 26th, so about five days before the trade deadline. The Mets went into the series in first place over Atlanta by four and a half games, five in the loss column. So pretty similar to at least games back-wise to where we are this year. It's three and a half, four in the loss column. Then last year it was four and a half, five in the loss column. Now one huge difference, the Braves were 500. The Mets were nine games above 500. The records are slightly different this year. The Mets are 28 games above 500, and the Atlanta Braves are 21 games above 500. So obviously the teams are far different in terms of how good they are from a year ago, but it was a series where, and this is what I remember about it, and I haven't looked at any box scores or any of my scorecards from last year, but what I remember is that the Mets had a chance to bury the Atlanta Braves. The Braves were thinking, hey, maybe we're not in the race this year. Now, Cunha's out for the season. Uh, maybe we just pack it up. Maybe it's just not our year. We've won a bunch of divisions in a row. Not that we sell, but maybe we don't buy. And the Mets went into a five-game series without enough starting pitchers. In fact, in that five-game series, and this is so different from this year, but it's, it's worth reminding yourself, one game they used an opener. They did. Aaron Loop was the opener that day. Pitched one inning. I think they actually won that game, if memory serves correct. But they used an opener in one of the games. In one of the other games, they started Jared Eikhoff, the human white flag. And what was so infuriating was, look, no one's expecting you to have traded for Max Scherzer as much as I wanted them to last year. But you needed to do better. In a five-game series that was so important for many reasons, I could argue more important last year than this year. Because this year, it's a great pennant race between two great teams, and this series will likely not determine who wins the NL East. Believe it or not, it won't. But that series could have. It could have. Because if the Mets win four out of five or even three out of five, the Braves may not buy. The Braves may not say, you know what? It ain't worth it. And the New York Mets allowed, in a series against Atlanta using an opener and Jared Eikhoff. Now, I don't want to care about the past or bitch about the past, but it makes me feel good to think that in this five-game series, their starting pitchers are Carlos Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, Max Scherzer, David Peterson, who's been pretty good, and Jacob DeGrom. 
It feels so different than a year ago. Very, very different. But that five-game series last year turned out to be, in many ways, the five-game series that determined the Mets' fate. Here's the good news, though, Mets fans. And this is my thought going into this series. Don't call me a loser for having a loser mentality. Because I'm not giving you a loser mentality. I'm going to call it like it is. The Mets could bury, hypothetically, the Atlanta Braves in this series. Now, I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to sweep a five-game series or even win four to five, though that would be amazing. But if they did, if they did, they could bury them. They could bury those Confederate bastards. I know they're not really Confederates, but Atlanta. What else am I going to say? They win four out of five. They had three games on this lead. Three. That gives them a seven-game lead in the lost column. Official burial? Not quite, but certainly gives them wiggle room. In the worst-case scenario known to man, which is Atlanta wins all five games or wins four out of five, all they've done is tighten this crap up. Tightened it up to a level in which we're nervous, no doubt. (laughs) Tightened it up to where we're like, oh, crap, here we go. We had Scherzer, we had DeGrom, we had this, we're at home, we lose four to five, we lose all five, no doubt. But worst-case scenario, they lose all five. We're sitting here doing this podcast Sunday night. They've lost five straight to the Atlanta Braves. They're a game behind them in the NL East. Think of a game behind them. You do at least have a chance, as depressed as we'll all be, to say, Okay, deep breath, disaster, one game back. So the Mets go into this series with the upper hand. With the upper hand of, they can bury the Atlanta Braves, the Braves can't bury us. Now, do I think we're going to lose all five? No. Do I think we're going to win all five? No. I'm not saying that. But I do look at it that way a little bit as we begin this series. The truth is, if the Mets can win three out of five, which is a quality series victory, and just add one game on into the standings, that's a five-game loss column lead, and I'd be thrilled over it. I'd be very, very happy with three out of five. If they lose three out of five, disappointing, but again, standings-wise, which is really all that matters, they'd still have a three-game lead in the National League East. That's with losing three out of five in this series. Am I coming across like a loser mentality, Hoff, or am I just calling it like it is? No, and the one thing I will say, though, is that I think we now have gotten used to winning almost every series. So I I don't even know, you know, two out of five doesn't even seem realistic to me. You have to take three out of five. It feels like you have – it's not loser mentality if you do only win two out of five because the Braves are good. But but I feel like now we're ingrained – they're not losing series. I know it's happened a little bit more in, in recent months, but they're not losing series. They're going to win this three, three out of five, and that's going to be fine. And and thank you to the Phillies, by the way, for coming back and, and beating the Braves yesterday, too. That, that's oh, no, great. tremendous. Thank you, Philadelphia. Look, over this five-game stretch for Atlanta against Arizona and Philadelphia and the Mets' six-game stretch against Miami and Washington, the Mets tacked on a half game. And I think that was the goal I set out last week going into this stretch of games saying, hey, you beat up on the Marlins and Nats, a little bit of help from the Phillies, tack on a half game, four-game loss column lead, three and a half in the NLEs. Look, our mentality as Met fans, and I think you've heard it over the last two days with the trade deadline, screaming and yelling, this is the Will Ponds, all that kind of garbage. If they lose this series to Atlanta, I understand there's going to be certain Met fans, some Met fans, who are going to freak out. All I care about is winning this division. I don't care how you do it. I really don't. I don't care how it's done. Win this division. 
and losing three out of five while a disappointment will walk the Mets out of this series, going into a series against Cincinnati at home, going into a series against Philadelphia, playing a lot better at home. And then the other four game series against Atlanta, you walk into it three games up and that's by losing three out of five. So I I don't know what to expect. I've gotten out of the prediction business. We're not predictors as talk show hosts. We really aren't. We give our opinions. We're an opinion business. Predictions. None of us have any idea what the hell's going to happen. And that's why we're sports fans. Because we don't know. If we we knew what was going to happen, this whole thing would be boring. It'd be like MMA. No, I'm just kidding, Pete. MMA's great. You know what I'm saying. It is. What are you talking? Shut up. MMA is fantastic and unpredictable at all times. Let's go. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. WWE, that's what it is. Yeah, that can be predictable. <laughs> no doubt. Well, then Vince isn't in charge, so maybe it won't be predictable. Can I tell but, you, hold on real quick, because the one yeah. time uh, we watched, I think we watched a pay-per-view event together. We were ch- with ch- Chad for some sort of event, and we were thinking about betting on something. And the <laughs> end result was, who's going to win? And the money was all on one person. But the, the caveat was, is someone going to walk out with a chair and hit somebody with a head or something like that? So that's, it's, it's, it's WWE is predictable, except the final t- end is someone going to walk out. That that's where yes. you just don't know. MMA no, I get. Look, re- WWE is very predictable. <laughs> Sports is unpredictable. I listen. I could sit here and give you some grant. I have no idea what's going to happen in this series. The I give you gut feeling sometimes going into the previous Atlanta series. I didn't feel good. I was wrong. The Mets won two out of three. Going into the Yankee series, I felt good. I said it on the air to Craig. I was like, I feel good about this series. I turned out to be right. I don't know what the hell's going to happen in this series. Uh, looking at the pitching matchups, here's what we know about the pitching matchups. We know that Kyle Wright is going to face Carlos Carrasco on Thursday night to open this series. We know Ian Anderson, who has not had a good year, is going to face Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker has been okay in the second half of the year, but he's at the battle, that's for sure. We know that Max Freed the Braves' best pitcher is going to pitch one of the two games of the doubleheader, and someone else is going to pitch the other. I don't know who that is. I don't know if it means they're calling somebody up, but it's not going to be Charlie Morton who just pitched, and the Mets are going to throw Max Scherzer, David Peterson. By the way, I, I, I err on the side of I'd save Max for the nightcap only because I like having my best pitcher ready to go in game two, either looking to salvage the doubleheader or looking to take your soul in the doubleheader. I like that. I love having my bullet. If there's a clear difference between the two starters, and it's going to be interesting because Brian Snitker's in the same boat. He's got Max Fried and someone else. The Mets have Max Scherzer and David Peterson. That little dancing game of which game does who start? Do I want to match up Max versus Max? What do I do? I'm telling you right now, I don't care which game Fried pitches. I keep Scherzer for the nightcap. I'm well, a believer in my best pitcher for the second game. You agree with that, Pete? I, I Here's what I agree in. Whatever game Scherzer wants to pitch. Like, if Scherzer says, no, nah, I want sure, 1 o'clock, sure. then yes, you say, go sure. for it. That's what, that's what it's all about. Whatever's that's most comfortable for him. I, I totally get that, too, by the way. With, with a veteran like that, if he says, I want to pitch in the afternoon, my opinion gets thrown out the window. <laughs> I respect that. Hey, by the way, and then, one, one, one prediction I, I'm curious about. Do you predict that Francisco Lindor will finish the season breaking shortstop records for the Mets. As far as I mean, he's going to break it by the end of the freaking week. 
go. There's a prediction. Let's go. Lock it in. Yeah, I mean, that, that's an easy one. Uh, and the finale is Spencer Strider's had a very good year and Jacob DeGrom. Uh, I thought it was intriguing that Buck pulled him after 59 pitches in five innings, which I get his first start back. But a part of that may have been because there's going to be a lot of scenarios over the course of this season where they're going to be able to easily give Jake an extra day. Very easily. Because there's off days. There's off days in Major League Baseball. In fact, they have an off day next week after their three-game series against Cincinnati. They have an off day Thursday, which easily allows Jacob DeGrom to get an extra day. Give everybody an extra day. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But in this case, boy, Jake had to pitch on regular rest because A, you want him to face the Braves, and B, you're already bringing up an extra starter in David Peterson because of the doubleheader. So if you wanted to give Jake an extra day, who else is pitching? <laughs> you know, like what? It's not ideal. So I do think that Buck, rightfully so, said, all right. And look, the Mets lost the game. It is what it is. Every game's important, I know, but... I need to make sure I can have Jake ready for a fifth day starting pitching performance. And after throwing 59 pitches, Jake made it clear right away, I'm good to go. And we're going to get Jake Sunday afternoon against the Braves. And that's the finale of this series. Either it's looking for a series win, looking for a sweep, looking for four to five, or dare I say the opposite, which is, you know, disaster mode. But I expect Sunday afternoon, first of all, I'll say this to the Met fans, Sunday better be sold out. I'm sorry. Like, that's one of those days. Sunday afternoon, it's a late start, 4 o'clock. And I think it's a late start because of the doubleheader. I think that out of respect for the bodies of the Mets and the Braves, they probably agreed we're playing 1 o'clock and 7 o'clock on Saturday. Let's not come back at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Let's push it back till 4 o'clock. Okay, fine. That game's got to be sold out. You're facing the Braves on a Sunday afternoon, and Jacob DeGrom's going to make his first start at City Field in over a year? That's, and I know this is a weird example to make, but I, I gave it to my wife because we're going to go to the game. And, God, I'm going to get so many people pissed off at me for bringing this up just because, don't bring up the Nets. I'm bringing up the Nets. I'm sorry. When Kyrie Irving played his first game in Brooklyn this year, there was a palpable buzz in the arena, which I rarely see in Brooklyn. I admit it. Like, it's different than Madison Square Garden. But on that Sunday night against Charlotte, for the 15 minutes before the game started, everybody was standing and there was like this buzz going through the arena. That's all I got to say about the Nets. Now let me compare it to Jake. I would think Sunday's going to be like that, where sold out, Jake's throwing in the bullpen, everybody's standing to try to get a view, and then he gets a huge ovation as he comes out of the bullpen and you know everyone's giving him a standing ovation as he goes out to the mound. And I'll be fair, we'll talk about it right after. We'll do a podcast about it. I'm expecting not just a sellout, but a buzz for Jacob DeGrom because it took Jake a while. Jake, and I always complained about this on the air, never got the same buzz that Matt Harvey got, which never made sense to me. Jake's better and was better. Uh, Doc Gooden never got the same buzz as Doc. Not going to compare the two. Doc 85 was maybe the greatest pitcher anybody's ever seen. I understand that. I think Jake started to get the buzz in 2021. 
because he was so dominant. And I'm not kidding you. I don't think he even had the buzz in 18 and 19. I'm at every game. I'll tell you right now, didn't have it. Didn't have that same buzz as those other guys. But in 21, he did uh, because he was doing things no one's ever seen before. It was Bob Gibson on steroids. So I think because of that, the anticipation and not having seen him pitch in so long outside of this one game in Washington the other day, I would think Sunday, the Braves, we'll see how they do in this series. If they're looking for a sweep, my God, you would think the buzz will be off the charts. But I would expect that buzz I saw, in Bro- and I'll tell you right now, especially if you're a Nick Met fan, you don't want to hear me, and I don't want to. I don't want to say Sunday night, boy, there was more buzz in Brooklyn than City Field. I don't want to say that. I want to say, oh, it was even better. Trust me. <laughs> I'm a diehard Ned fan, but I don't want to say that. I don't want to say, yeah, it's actually more exciting for Kyrie Irving coming back from a freaking vaccine mandate delay as opposed to Jacob DeGrom, who's better at what he does and has been away for a year. But there are events in New York, and just because you guys and some of you guys don't pay attention to the other teams doesn't mean it didn't happen. Like, there was a buzz that night. I go to every freaking net game. There's usually no buzz. There was a great kind of sound in that arena that night. And I would hope Sunday afternoon Mets Braves, they have that. Now, Pete, I'm putting you on the clock right now. Are they going to win the series? Are they going to lose the series? Are they going to get swept? Are they going to sweep? What's happening? They're not getting swept. Three out of five. That's what I feel. I don't know if they're going to win both Scherzer and DeGrom, but they'll win at least one of those. And I'm fairly confident that Tywin Walker will get a, a win. I'm not sure about Peterson so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I know. That's just, that's just one trick pony. Can't stand Peterson. <laughs> oh, man. I think, uh, I don't know what the hell to think. I think the Mets are going to lose three out of five. There you go. Does that make me negative? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> It does. Dude, I, I, I'll say it again. I have no idea what's going to happen in this five-game series. I really don't. So, uh, we'll see. I have, we'll see. I'll tell you. If Carlos Carrasco gives up a first-inning home run on Thursday night, I ain't going to feel good. I'll, I'll tell you this much. I will promise you that the Scherzer and the Grom game, the Mets bats will be very dead till like, the last minute. That's what <laughs> I can guarantee. Why Why is that, dude? I cannot stand that. Why every time are they on the mound? Because so far, so far, both the, it, it, since both have returned, it's been, what, seven games? They yeah. are, there's all, Scherzer's won two games. He's got two wins under his belt. In those, I, I think I've always wondered this about Jake. I think a lot of Jake's unluckiness has been the fact that the Mets have been bad. You know, Sometimes it's as simple as that. The Mets just haven't been a good team. But maybe there's something mental where – you know you have a guy on the mound that's not going to give up a lot of runs? I don't know. I I think the guys to ask, it's not Jake and Max, that's for sure, specifically Jake. It's the offensive players. It's ask Pete Alonso. Ask Francisco Lindor. And by the way, I'll say this about Francisco Lindor. He has had a really, really clutch season. I think his offensive numbers, which are fine, the OPS is rising, but the home runs and RBI has been great all year long. I think sometimes numbers are, they are what they are, and sometimes they're deceiving. And the only way you'll know that is if you watch a guy every day, rightfully so. I think watching Lindor every single day, here's what I'll say. I'll give you the critical thing, and I'll give you the compliment. I think his defense is good. I don't think it's great. I think we see way too many errors from Francisco Lindor. Like, 
the first play of the game on Wednesday. Victor mm. Robles, it's a ground ball, and freaking Lindor bounces it to Alonso. So I think his defense, specifically his arm, has been, I'm not going to say he's an average shortstop. He's not. He's better than average. Hasn't been as good as I had hoped. Watching him every day is just an eye test, right? Just an eye test. But I think offensively, he's been so clutch. And I think sometimes he doesn't get enough credit for it. Even in the Jacob DeGrom game, he hits this bomb of a home run to tie the game. It's forgotten about because the Mets ended up losing because the bullpen did, you know, basically gave it up. And obviously the offense did nothing after that. Nimmo hitting the bad luck double play. But that was so clutch. And Lindor's had a lot of that this season. He really has. Even in this finale against Washington, and maybe you don't want to call this clutch because it's the third inning, he's the one who drew the two-out walk before the Alonzo home run, and it was a great at-bat. So I think that the numbers are good. It's not like I have to defend a guy who hasn't had good numbers. Lindor has, especially home runs and RBIs traditionally, great numbers. But his home runs, he's been clutch. His two-out hits, he's been clutch. So hopefully he keeps it up. But in this moment, first week of August, let me throw uh, some bouquets at Francisco Lindor. We got to call it like it is. He's been very, very clutch this season for this team. And, and, and quickly, uh, was the error by Lindor, or did it bring the war down on Pete Alonso with a scoop? I mean, <laughs> I mean, talk about, a guy, talk about a guy who gets underappreciated at first base, Pete Alonso. I, I think he's uh, he missed that one. He didn't scoop it. But that guy is basically a vacuum at first. I don't understand, and I've tried. I've actually been open-minded about this. <laughs> why and how the war stat has been so mean to Pete Alonso? Because I watch him every day. You watch him every day. Everybody listening watches him every day. I think he's actually okay defensively. I don't know. He's not Paul Goldschmidt. I'm not saying he is. But he's fine defensively. He's a fine base runner. He's hitting line drives all over the place. He's no longer a one-dimensional slugger, which he probably more so was in 2019 and to a degree 2020. He has become such a good all-around hitter, and yet every time I see his war, I want to throw up because they just, they just don't respect him. And I don't know. I don't know how it's calculated to where it leads to Pete Alonso being marginalized as a baseball player. I just, I, I don't know. Either way, thank you very much for listening to Rico Bronya. We will record our very next podcast. Could there be an instant reaction throughout this Brave series? I'd say it's possible. It's possible. Maybe we'll give you a surprise. But I can guarantee that after this series is over, we will record an episode on Sunday at some point, and it'll be right there available for you to listen to Monday morning. Big series for the Mets. Pennant race baseball, baby. Enjoy it. You can drop us a line at Evan Roberts, WFN, whatever the hell your account is. Pete Hoffman, something, something, something. At the, I get it right. At the Hoff, WFAN. It's very easy. At the Hoff, WFAN. There you go. And you can listen to him with uh, Tiki and Tierney, middays on the fan, and obviously me and Craig, Monday through Friday, 2 o'clock on the fan. Thank you for listening to Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>